0: Thank you, Tim. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Who has heard such a thing and who has seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. He says, shall I bring to the time of birth and not cause delivery, says the Lord. Shall I who cause delivery shut up the womb, says the Lord. And he says, you're about to give birth. So you've been pregnant all this time. And the pain and the pangs that you're feeling is just labor pains. So he's telling you to just hold on. If you're a woman here, you know that when you're about to give birth, when it's getting very close, when that baby comes out, those contractions are like one on top of the other. And that's what some of us are going through. It's like one after another. And he says it's because you're about to give birth. So just hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) You give birth, amen? Amen. He says, he's he that put that baby in there. He will cause you to give birth to it, amen? Amen. I wanted to give that to somebody who is wondering, why is this not going away? So today, we're talking about spiritual witchcraft in the church, (laughs) calling the message I was going to preach, but somehow God uh, made it to work and fit into a series, Working in Freedom. I was already done, getting ready to put my notes together, and I just, you know, these days when I told God, make everything you do or tell me as clear as water, (laughs) I didn't know what I was really asking him for. (laughs) Because he's really, he's really, I mean, he's amazing how he makes things so clear that you don't have any doubt as to who is speaking to you. So, what I heard in my spirit as I was praying was that we've seen the manifestations here. People, seven people in one service saw angels here. We've just had amazing things happen. And God said, that is just the beginning. He said, you've barely scratched the surface. He said the awakening and the revival that's coming to the church in America, in the world, is going to be unprecedented. Never been seen before. He said that's what you're seeing. There's a stirring. And if you know, if you're walking in the Spirit, you can feel that stirring. It's like there's a stirring on the inside of you. You try to put it down, it's like that water is bubbling and there's nothing you can do about it. And he says, it's going to be so amazing. But he says, my child, I don't want you not to have discernment. Because anything that God does, we know the devil will do the counterfeit. He will come and try to stop it. And he said, what you need to watch out for is witchcraft. When I heard it, I'm like, witchcraft? I've never really, honestly, I know, you know, a scripture or two in the scriptures, but I've never really watched a side down to study it. I know about Jezebel's spirit. Everybody here knows about Jezebel's spirit, but he says, no, that's not it. So I started digging and studying, and I was amazed. And I sent a message to Teresa. I said, please put it out on Facebook. Everybody that can be here, be here on Sunday, because God wants to give all of us, including me, a caution. About spiritual witchcraft in the church. Isaiah 57 verses 14 and 15. It says, and one shall say, heap it up, heap it up, prepare the way. Take the stumbling block out of the way of my people. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit. God is holy. And only those that worship him in holiness that will enjoy what is coming. That will even understand what is coming. Flesh cannot be part of this. Galatians chapter 3 verses 1 to 3. He says, all foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh. The Galatian church was the only church when Paul started doing introductions. He didn't bless them. Typically, he would bless them. How, I, I'm glad I've heard about your works, you know. Even the Corinthian church, we all know they were a church that there was incest in that church. There was a lot of stuff. The communion bread, bread they were eating it and drinking and getting drunk in the church. However, he walked with them, and he never rebuked them the way he rebuked the Galatian church. He started by telling them, who has bewitched you? And that word bewitched is the same word where you get this python, the snake, python. And what it does is a snake. We know where the snake started from in the Garden of Eden. The, 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 the message behind the, that python is that, is very deceptive and it will wrap itself around you and choke the life out of you. So he's telling the Galatians church, who is choking the life out of you? What has coiled around you so much that you don't even know it? That is that word bewitched. And he said here, he said, did you start in the spirit and now you are operating in the flesh? So what God is about to do, Let me read something else. Galatians chapter 5, verses 1, and then 16 to 19. He said, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by yoke of slavery. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Listen. Sexual immorality, impurity debauchery, idolatry, and what? Who was he talking to? He was talking to the church. When I saw that, I mean, how many of you have read that? Has it ever stuck out to you? That it was actually mentioned that in the new church, in Galatians, that was it. They were bewitched. So what does this mean to be to have the spirit of witchcraft and I'm not talking about the ark fellowship that's, I mean that's the thing when I when I when this came out you know on Facebook somebody called me and said "woo pastor what happened?" I'm like nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened. This is really a caution for not just our church but the church as general in general. What is witchcraft in the church? If you remember in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, when God made man in his own image and likeness, he said, I give you dominion, I give you power to dominate. He said, I want you to dominate the birds, the fish, the animals, and every creepy thing. One thing he didn't tell us to dominate was another human being. You are not supposed to dominate another human being. And so with the falling nature of man... That urge and that desire to dominate is still there. But it's not done with an evil spirit behind it. And so when you find manipulation, when you find intimidation, and when you find domination and control, the spirit of witchcraft is in operation. That's what God opened my eyes to this week. Now, what? how can that be in the church, you ask me? We know about witchcraft in primitive societies, in covens and sorcery and all of that. That's the kind of witchcraft. But you remember what the Bible says. It says God has given us authority, but he says the devil has wiles. Remember we talked about that? He has tricks. He has, he's a scammer. He's a scam artist. He has ways of doing things that are deceptive that you will not know. And God told me, he said, do you see how even children, beginning in childhood, how they manipulate? <laughs> it is not a sin, but you can see a child... When they are in the grocery store, that's when they are going to throw that tantrum. Because they know that mommy cannot say no because you don't want anything. You don't want anything to make them think you're not a good mother a good daddy. So when he falls down and he throws that tantrum, what do you do? You quickly give him what he wants. When your friends are around, the cookie he's been asking for, she's been asking for that. You said no, but when you're sitting down with your friend, he's coming to ask you for that cookie. And you can't say no because your friends are there. That, nobody told that child to do that. Nobody tells a child to lie. That is that inborn sin nature that we all have. And it's that thing God is telling us that if we don't control it, it begins to control us. Even in our society, how many times, do you know all the advertisements you watch on TV has one purpose? To control you. They manipulate your emotions. They spend money, millions of dollars on psychologists and psychiatrists to know how to put that ad before you. So that when you see that thing that you cannot afford, that you really don't need, what do you do? You put your credit card and you buy it. And before you know it, the credit card company is in control of your life. You max out another card. They are completely now in charge of you. They've manipulated you to the point we don't even know. And for married couples, I want to start there now really to talk. You have to be very careful. Witchcraft that comes into the church, it usually starts in the home. Parents, please, don't let your children manipulate you. And you also, don't dominate your children. God did not make us to dominate people. And I'm coming to the church to tell you what is going on in the church, so that we can be aware of what's going on and have uh, discernment, so that when God begins to do great things, we can definitely, because we are in the Word of God, we are praying, and we are in the Spirit, we can discern which is of God, which is of the devil, because the Bible says a lot of people have gone out. A lot of false prophets are out there. Not every supernatural sign you see is from God. Listen to me. Not every supernatural sign you see is from God. You have to learn. And the only way to learn and not to fall, because the Bible says even the elect, even the elect could be deceived. The only way not to be deceived in these last days, hear me, stay in the word of God. Man's opinion is not it. Man's preference is not it. If it's not in this Bible, please, no matter how good it looks. The, devil say, the Bible says the devil disguises himself as an angel of light. That is the caution to the church. If it's not in this Bible... But for you to know if it's this Bible, you have to sit down and study it. And you have to spend time letting God talk to you. And you also have to pray and talk to the Lord. And you have to stay in the spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. I am tired of believers... Who, before you finish scripture, they will quote it for you, but there are no fruits of righteousness in their life. The Holy Spirit will not mess with you. Your walk must match your talk. The way you are on Sunday in church must be the way you are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday let it not be that it's in church that we open scriptures your bible you don't open it you don't pray throughout the week if that revival comes you will miss it the bible says those that walk in the spirit they are the sons of God I just lost my time I just went on (laughs) I tried to find my place but anyway So, it's more common than we realize. It was really more. I've never seen. Now I'm beginning to realize that the Holy Spirit, sometimes people will say they are being controlled by the Holy Spirit, but it's a demonic thing. And I've seen it here in this church. And as God was opening my eyes, I'm like, oh, that was a demonic thing. Yeah. That's why He said, not every manifestation is of God. We were here. The lady was sitting right behind behind Alexis, uh, right behind them there. As I was preaching, she's looking at me, and I could tell something was wrong, and I was like, oh, maybe God is moving in her. After service, when I was talking to her in my office, passing gas, foul, I mean, it was, she couldn't stop belching, she couldn't stop passing gas, she was uncomfortable. She kept holding her stomach, and just on and on, it was then God said, it's a demonic thing. She came here to try and see what she could do. And you know, I told you all this story. I don't want to go into all of that. How you know she ran out of this place? That is going to be happening more. The devil is going to try and send people in. In your own life too, if you're following hard after God, the devil is going to try to send people in to pull you away. That is what we are talking about. You must walk in freedom and stay in freedom. And don't allow anything to keep you oppressed or to pull you back from this race that we are running. The Bible says the road is narrow. And it says only few will find it. Every word in this Bible will be fulfilled. But let it be that the positive one is what is fulfilled in your life. It says the broad way, the broad way, the broad way, many will go in that broad way. It says the one that leads to salvation is narrow. Only few will find it. Stay on the narrow road. Too much manipulation, too much control. Everybody wants to be in control. Even to God, you don't want to give control of your life. Marriages. If you're a man here and you're intimidating your wife and your family, you are a witch. You're just going to say it as it is. Because God never intended any human being to be controlled. He says, "All oh, you owe anybody, you owe no man nothing but love. So men use intimidation to control and dominate. And so in the home, everybody's walking on eggshells. When he can't get his way, he's screaming and yelling, cussing everybody out. Who wants to live like that? So everybody is like finding a place to hide so he can have his way. That is witchcraft in the church. If you're a man of God, if you're dominating and domineering and intimidating your family, you are a witch. And women, we are not, we are not, we we are not gitless too. We manipulate. Because if you go and look at that word, the python, some of the characteristics, manipulation, intimidation, control, and I'm like, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. The women, we know how to cry. We know exactly where to put our tears when we want to have our way. We know exactly what to withhold from the man so we can have our way. So we do it in another way. It's more subtle, but we are doing exactly the same thing. We're trying to control another human being that God created. Even God doesn't control us. The Holy Spirit will not control you. The only thing God will submit to in your life is your will. You can do anything else and he will want, but when it comes to your will, he steps back. You have to will to love him. You have to will to follow him. And so the same thing. You love somebody, let them will to love you. Let them will to do what you you want them to do. But don't dominate them. Don't intimidate them. And don't manipulate them. Amen? Amen? So let's go to how it shows up in the church. Acts chapter 16, verses 16 to 18. Now it happened... As we went to prayer, there was a certain girl possessed with a spirit of divination. Again, that root word, those of you that like the women, we are doing our word studies. Please write that down. That's what we're going to study this week. The spirit of divination, she met with them. It says, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Verse 17, this girl followed Paul and us. And cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God. Is that true? Was she saying it out of a good spirit? Okay. Said, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. If it was today's church. Because remember, in Acts, the church was just beginning. They were just beginning to start churches. That is how it starts. When leadership cannot discern what is evil and what is right. If it was today's church, they would make that lady the dickiness of the church. Because, here yeah, we come into town. She's never met us before. She knows we are servants of the Most High God. She knows we are leading people to the Lord. Oh, they will say, come on in. Come and help us to draft the constitution of the church. We want to make you leadership. And from the very beginning, we already have a root of witchcraft in there. But the Bible says here that Paul was greatly annoyed. And so when you see things, let me tell you, when you have the Holy Spirit and you are watching something and you are seeing something, he will tell you that something is wrong. Don't you ignore that. I can imagine some people, he will feel in his spirit, he's annoyed. He he knows something is not right. He can't put a figure. It took him days. The Bible says she did this for days. For him to finally realize this unsettled feeling I have inside of me, this thing that just can't settle, this is not of God. That's why you cannot afford to operate in the flesh. Because if that young girl, this is chapter 16 of Acts, if that lady got into the church from the very beginning, we probably would not be talking about church today. But this man had discernment and, and realized that that annoyance he had in his spirit was because this was not of God. And so in church, it must be the same thing. In your life, because you are the church, the church is not this building, the church is you and I. And so you must have discernment, because the Bible says many will fall away, many. It scares me. And as a pastor, I want to make sure I tell you all these things so that you know. The Bible says, God, Jesus said, the apostle said, in all these things, he said, no, let the wheat and the tares grow together. He knew there were tares in the church. He knew they were not the real thing. He knew they were not the real thing. But Jesus said, let them grow together. It's okay. The time will come when the father will separate the two. He said, the time will come, God will separate the sheep from the goat. It is all of us, including me. When I read some of these things and I was studying, I said, including me, God, please, never let me have a heart that will be deceived because I will have blood on my hands because of the people he's put me over. And so I'm appealing to all of us, leadership, every one of you sitting down here. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, address the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And the Spirit came out of her that very hour. Now, if she wasn't doing good stuff for her masters, the Bible says she was bringing them a lot of money through her divination, through her witchcraft. But they wanted to not plant her in the church from the very beginning. Now, if you do anything, if you've ever been to a psychic, if you've ever called all those things and they tell you about your life, and it's true, it wasn't God that did that. That's what they call familiar spirits, spirits that demonic spirits that have been following you and your family for years and years and years. They know everything about you and your family and your background. So when you go to these places or you do your horoscope as they do or palm reading or Ouija boards or crystals and they tell you things that are true, it is not the truth of God. It is a demonic spirit that has been with your family knows all those things and that's what they are telling you. So people are not deceived. So when you start seeing supernatural things happening, again, line it up with this. Because no demon will ever agree that Jesus is risen from the dead. So let's talk about 1 Samuel, where the witchcraft was really mentioned. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23, it says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. He says, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Now, we talked about a week or two weeks ago about in Revelation, the Bible says we are what? Kings and? We are kings and priests. So he's saying now that rebellion in the eyes of God is as witchcraft. God sees rebellion as witchcraft. And he says if you are in rebellion to God, which is the, the root cause of witchcraft, he says God will reject you from being king. And we know from what I talked about last week, the armory that you're fighting with, the armor that God, <clears throat> God has given you, is only for kings and for priests. That we talked about and talked about for the last three weeks or so. Now, in context, he was talking about Saul here. If you know about Saul, maybe you heard, remember about Saul trying to kill David. After David killed Goliath. Saul wanted control. Saul wanted to be in power. Saul wanted to be, to be supreme. Control was the problem with Saul. And when, when Samuel told him, don't do that sacrifice until I come... He he didn't understand that it wasn't his role to do that. But because he wanted to be in control, he wanted to please everybody, he wanted everyone to like him, he went ahead and disobeyed God. And this that's when this statement was made by, by, by Samuel. So he he was somebody that wanted to be in control. So that the control is where the issue is when it comes to witchcraft, rebellion. A believer who doesn't want to give God their whole life. Who, everything God says to do, you hear it in church, it goes in one ear, it comes out the other ear. You've made up your mind how you want to live your life. We've made up our mind how you want to walk, what you want to do. Whatever God says doesn't really matter. That is rebellion. And that's what Paul is saying or the Bible is telling us when a believer lives like that, they are practicing witchcraft. When a believer wants to control and manipulate people like Saul did, they are practicing witchcraft. Let's talk about preachers, pastors. So that you now can know when you are watching a pastor a preacher, if you see it, call it what it is. Trying to raise money. And I said, oh, there are ten people in the audience here. God told me to tell you you give $5,000. I want the ten people to stand up. God didn't speak to him. And so you, okay, maybe it's me, you stand up. And nine people have stood up, and it's remaining one person. He's guilty, he's manipulating your emotions. And one person, finally out of guilt, will stand up. Is that from God? What did the Bible say? The Bible says you shouldn't make anybody, don't force anybody. Let it be from your own heart. Give from your own heart says, God lost a cheerful giver. You've already prayed about it. You know you pay your tithe at home. You write your check. You come to church gladly, cheerfully, because you know when you bl- give God, He will give you back. But when you didn't plan for it, and somebody manipulates you, that is not of God. And how many believers have done that? And then we we'll, we'll come back and say, God told the prophet to tell me that I've done it. Nothing has happened. God didn't tell the prophet. It wasn't the Spirit of God. And you see them donate, send it, telling you, okay, we have anointing oil. We have this handkerchief. We've prayed over it. Your breakthrough is going to come if you send us a donation. The Bible says freely you have received, freely give. I never saw Jesus asking people for money for him to heal them. So why would you? I mean, that's what I'm saying. If you know the scriptures, you won't fall for this. They say, oh, your breakthrough will come in five days if you've sent $50 or whatever it is. And you see believers that know know God. They're falling for it. That is manipulation. That is control. Am I making sense? Because using guilt, that is what I'm saying, because the the, the revival that is coming, you have to be able to separate the goats from the sheep. You have to do it for your own safety. Because all of us, when I stand before the Lord, I want to tell him, Lord, I did I did everything. I'm not gonna have you know what it says in Psalm that God some, sometimes God gives them shepherds but they don't tell the truth, and then the blood of the congregation is in their hands. Not my hands. Because the things God is going to do are going to be mind blowing. But the enemy is going to come behind him. And so, as a church, I'm going to make sure we stay on the narrow road. I'm going to make sure we rightly divide the word of God. And it's going to be precept upon precept, line upon line. We are not going to be deceived. Mm-mm. 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 Demanding unquestionable lo- loyalty. Not too long ago, I I mean, I know the pastor right here in Houston. If you go and visit another church, they call you, you're committing adultery. The same kingdom of God. The same kingdom of God. You go visit another church, he hears about you, he calls you and gives it to you, you're committing adultery. Where have you seen that in the Bible? So, a committing adultery is now related to church. Everybody is made to sign a covenant to say, You must never leave me. The only covenant we have is with the blood of Jesus. So, you sign a covenant, and they tell you, Oh, if you come out of covenant, you're going to be cursed. It's happening in church, spirit filled churches. And so, this poor member is in this church bound and afraid to leave because of fear. And so if you see any church where there is fear, where there is intimidation, where there is control, where people cannot have freedom to worship God, please get out of there. And I'm a pastor and I'm preaching this because when God opened my eyes to some things, I was like, excuse me. It it cannot be. It cannot be. So much seduction in the church. So much seduction. You turn around, this, this one has fallen. Especially the male. It's like that spirit is after the men. You turn around, this pastor has fallen, this preacher has fallen, this one. men, don't you ever go counseling a woman by yourself. Don't you ever do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. No matter what's going on, it's not your p- position to r- solve the problem in her family. If she has marital problems, let me know. We have Michelle and Todd to take care of it. I don't want it. no man should be counseling a lady. If there's counseling to be done, let the women counsel the women. Let the men counsel the men. That is where it starts. Nobody says nobody. I was in a church with two thousand members. And if you saw the woman he, went, he, he had an affair with, compared to his wife, she's nothing. You and some of you know who I'm talking about. Today, that lady is not in church. They say she's out there smoking and drinking and clubbing from club to club. Sent deliberately to that church of 2,000 people to destroy it. That is the caution. That God said to bring to you this morning, to bring to us this morning. Now, the congregation, I've talked about the pastors. Let's talk about the congregation. Romans 8, verse 14. No, let's start with Romans 8, 7 and 8, Teresa. It says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. He says, so then, listen, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please please God. If everything you do or everything I do is ruled by my emotions, I'm happy today. So I'm going to, just give an example, I woke up this morning happy, I'm going to be in church. The day I wake up and maybe somebody did something to me and I'm not feeling good, I'm not going, I'm just giving an example. We all know the different things, you know, that we all fall prey to, that are easily, that easily beset us. If you're someone who lives by your emotions, by your preferences, by your opinions, oh, she talked back to me, so I must. When you forgot what the Bible says, that a meek and gentle spirit is of great value in the eyes of God. And so they say something to you, you want to show them you are from the, the, the ghetto. <laughs> You're living by your flesh because there's a, there's a scripture. It says a gentle and quiet spirit is of great value. They, they cause you how you bless them. Smile and move away. You confuse them. You don't even, they don't know how to handle you. Or you keep quiet. Nobody can misinterpret silence. My God told me that, you know, a lot of things happen. You won't hear me say a word. Nobody can misinterpret you if you don't speak. If you say R, they will say it's B, you said. But if you didn't say a word, they can't say say anything. Romans 8.14 says, for as many, listen, I won't let this scripture sink in because I will put it in another way to hit home. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. These are the sons of God who are led by the Spirit of God. Those that are not led by the Spirit of God are not sons of God. So if you are not led by the Spirit, and it didn't say led by the Spirit on Sunday, did he say that? He says led by the Spirit, period. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, my sister. Led by the Spirit. So God expects you. This is why Jesus said, it is good for you that I go away. For if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit can't come. Jesus couldn't be with all of us at the same time. But every one of us now, we have the Spirit. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. We should live and we should move. Everything about our being should be about the Holy Spirit. And so it says here, if you are led by the Spirit, then you are a child of God. If you are not led by the Spirit, everything you do is flesh, you are not a child of God. Period. We need to call these things the way, what it is. That's what it says. You are not a son of God if you are not led by the Spirit. Even if your pastor tells you to make you feel good, that your anger problem, or your lying problem, or your cheating problem, oh, you know what, we just accept you as you are. You know what, you know, it's all uh, these seeker-friendly churches. Just come as you are and stay as you are. No, you come as you are and you change. There has to be a difference between us and those that don't call themselves Christians. If I say I'm a Christian and I'm living with a man, what makes me different? If at my job, I'm just as ugly and mean as the next person, what makes me different? How am I going to be the salt and the light? The Bible says we are the salt of the earth. Salt can be added at any time you're cooking. You can start from the beginning to add salt. You can start in the middle to add salt. At the table when you're eating, if the food is not salty enough, you can add salt. That's what the Bible says we are. We we bring flavor. We bring taste to everything around us. And so if you are not salt of the earth, you are just as bland as the other one. They put you, they can they can't tolerate it. We need to make Christianity so flavorful that people are like, I want to do what you do. I want to be like you. Are we doing that? Are we doing that? How witchcraft comes in through the congregation. It usually comes through the back door when there's unresolved conflict, unresolved offenses, and unresolved hurts. I have never seen, I've been a Christian, I've been a pastor for 20 years now, Christian for 30-something years. I have never seen people as touchy as Christians. Christians are the most touchy, offended people you will ever meet. And instead of them to come through the front door to confront, they go through the back door and gather opposition. Those that have itching ears like them to pull God's work down. And you really think that the work that God is doing again—it's not about the act fellowship. We are the unity in this church. It's something else. So when I'm talking about this, I'm just giving you all examples. There's nothing going on here, okay? So you all don't think, oh, what happened? No, nothing happened. I'm just saying it. I've experienced it. We've experienced it here. Let me read a scripture to you. Let me read a scripture. Because everything I want to do, I want to do it by scripture. Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 to 13. It says, now when Peter had come to Antioch, that's Paul talking. He says, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face, because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. (laughs) But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him. I'm reading scripture. And we're talking about Paul, uh, Peter, the one that Jesus gave the church to, handed the church to. Paul said he was to be blamed, that he did wrong, and it was true. So pastor can do wrong as well. Pastor is not a god. Don't put a, any pastor on a pedestal, and then when something happens, that is the way now for you to pull the church of God down. We're talking about Peter here. He said he was to be blamed because he was a hypocrite. When he saw those that were of the circumcision, he refused to eat with the Gentiles. He was discriminating. When they were not there, he, he mixed with the Gentiles. But immediately he saw the Jews, he went again and pretended he didn't know them. I've heard that happen. People see you in the store, they pretend they don't even know who you are. You've been in church with them for, for years. It's the truth, mama. Now, I, said, I withstood him to his face, Paul said, because he was to be blamed. He says not only Peter, he got some other leaders in the church to do the same hypocritical thing with him. He said even Barnabas was carried away with that hypocrisy. We're talking about Peter. But what did Paul do? Paul did not get an anti-Peter movement going. He didn't go through the back door to get some people that saw what was going on see what pastor is doing. Pastor is hypocritical. Pastor says one thing and does the other. I saw he was with with, uh, with Mama last week now because of these Jews that came. He's pretending he doesn't know Mama anymore. We're talking about Peter. Peter. But Paul went to him to his face. He said I withstood we him, went to the face, talked to him. And today the church is the way it is because they resolved it and Peter repented and everything was done the right way. That is what is, you don't go through the front door. The enemy is using you and you are in witchcraft. If you get people again together with you to tear down any leader in a church, you are siding with the devil to tear the church down and God will not have it. That's why you see people that leave churches because of offense. They don't stay in any church. Look at any of them. They go from church to church. To the church. They become spiritual vagabonds. They can never take root. And there's no tree that doesn't take root that will ever bear fruit. Any tree when there's a storm going on, any tree you see falling down had no root. So their lives are filled with crisis after crisis after crisis because they just refuse to stay in one place and take root. And I'm just this is a caution for all, including me. And like I said, it's not about the Ark Fellowship. We are fine. The way my, we, we've always done, church, we, I pray so much that anybody comes in here, the Spirit of God is here, it, they won't even stay. They will be so uncomfortable, they they will start manifesting in service. There has to be openness. There has to be sincerity. There have no personal agendas, no hidden motives, no manipulation, no intimidation. Don't start praying a prayer just because you want this person, your husband, to hear, hear that prayer. You're trying to talk to him and you're using prayer. Some people don't pinch your husband, don't pinch your wife. I see some people pinching each other. You know, love, openness, sincerity. The Bible says Adam and Eve were naked before each other. That's how it should be. Couples, don't intimidate, don't control, don't manipulate. Put it on the table, talk about it. Any home where the level of conflict is high, nothing good comes out of that home. The children won't do well. Your finances won't do well. So it's always a good thing to keep the conflict level in your home down. Down. And if you have to argue and fight, do it when the kids are sleeping with the door locked, Do it, and then the next morning, smile. No conflict where the home is constant bickering. The man is yelling all the time. Everybody's running like like cockroaches all over the place because of fear. So what is the remedy for this? How do we take care of this? What do we do? It's, 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 it's one thing to just tell us what is wrong, but God will never do that. When he, if he, he will give you the remedy. Galatians chapter 1 verse 3 and 4 says, Grace to you and peace from God, the Father and our, Lord, and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age. You have to ask God for deliverance. From this evil, this evil age is passing away. It's, it's, it's wrapping up. You cannot be entangled with the things of this world. You cannot do the things the world does. You cannot conform to it. And you must make sure your outward conformity is to the world. Like I said, you must, what the world says and what the world says to do, you must not be a hearer of the world only and not a doer. When you hear something, no matter how hard it is to your flesh, put it to practice. Do what the Word says, and the more you do it, the more God gives you the grace to overcome. Iniquity and transgression, I don't have time to go into that. But there's a difference. There are some people that do wrong, and they feel bad, and they ask God for forgiveness. Then there are some people that it's just a way of living. They don't even feel it, and the Holy Spirit won't even convict them anymore. The Bible says that conscience has become seared. That means it's, been, it's like you have a scar and it's healed and then it's like you, you don't feel anything at that spot anymore. Because God has given every man a conscience, even those that are not saved. God gives us a conscience. So when we do things that are wrong, as a believer, you feel the heaviness in your spirit. Even as an unbeliever, you know it's wrong because you have a conscience. Your conscience is pricked. And I'm telling, the Holy Spirit is telling us now, make sure that you're conforming. Allow your Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to speak to your spirit if you're a a born-again Christian. To tell you, no, don't talk to that person like that. Don't carry yourself like that. Don't be that angry. Be a peaceful person. Go say you're sorry you were wrong. Not, oh, I'm going to hold my position. No. Go apologize. Then number three, do not love the world. First John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It's as simple as that. If you love the world, if you are the one person, everything that's going on, the fashion, the way they cut their hair, the way they dress, everything. Now, if you see, I was watching something with my kids yesterday. I'm like, is that lady. She's wearing a swimming pool, but the back, there's nothing at all on her back. And they're all, I'm like, I just carried my stuff and went into my room. You can't, you can, if you're a Christian, if you, go, if you go into the swimming pool, wear something that covers you up. Amen. If you're coming to church, don't wear a dress that you sit down as a lady, somebody can look and see your underwear. What is that? Why do you have to wear a dress that's like this when they have stuff that is below your knee? What, what is the point of that? Like again, like I said, you have to be different from, you cannot be the same with the world. I can't see a Christian young girl, and I can't tell if they're Christian because the, everything is spilling out. Everything is up here. They bend down. You are doing this because you. you, you, you I mean, what is that? And the men, you all are not free. You wear those tight stuff. You need to stop it too. I mean, you wear they wear their jeans is so tight. I'm like, just give, buy one that has a little bit of space in it. I mean, we really have to be different. You know, we, we have to be different. Amen. Amen. Second Timothy 4.10, it says, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. He, he loved the world. He loved the things, the fashion of the world, the way they do things, the kind of music they play. He loved it so much, he decided it's not worth following God anymore. And then the last thing, eagerly wait for the Lord's return. Let your heart be yearning that it's today Jesus is coming back. Anything you do, any action, everything you say is without expectancy, it could be today. You're doing everything with one eye here, one eye in heaven. You're waiting for that sound, that trumpet to sound any minute. You're waiting eagerly. The Bible says, listen, what it says here, Hebrews 9 28. It says, So Christ was offered once, excuse me, to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time. If you are not, you see that word, I mean, the Bible knows how to put words in place. When it says eagerly, it means eagerly. If you are not eagerly waiting for Jesus, you won't see him when he comes back. It is those of us that are eagerly waiting for him. We are doing everything with one eye in heaven, one eye here, waiting for any minute. Those are the ones that he will appear to a second time. Amen? Amen. Hmm. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we're we all going to ask God to forgive us. Because there are some things I have said here, and I know even as I studied it, I had to go on my face before the Lord and ask for forgiveness for some things. And so I'm just going to have open the altar here. And I want you to just sing something very slowly. I want all of us, if you feel that God is speaking to you, I want you to come out. And on your own, just ask God for forgiveness. Because we are bent on not allowing witchcraft in the church of God. If you're someone, a wife, or a husband, a child, a member of a church, and you've allowed some of these things I mentioned, went into details about some things. This is not the time, like I keep saying, you know, David danced, with the much he danced, and his clothes fell off, he didn't care. The person that looked at, the wife that said, oh, look at you, foolish man dancing so much. God closed her womb because of that. So anybody that comes out here and they are, they are being broken up by the Lord and they are repenting and you have anything in your mind is between you and God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Being a spirit, just being a, an atmosphere in a, in a posture of intercession and praying. And just ask the Lord, Lord, If there's any seed of witchcraft, if there's any seed of control, intimidation, manipulation, offense, bitterness, anger, hurt in me, Lord, I ask that you pull it out from me today. Pull it out from me today, Lord. Pull it out from me today. I will not be used to bring the revival that you are bringing to this world, to this church, to the church in America. I will not be used by the enemy to destroy the revival that is coming oh to bashendere bo shandere the king of glory kana mama shetere bo bo shodoro bo and if you are not coming just be in prayer be in prayer pray for those that are.